Almost. 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 Major. Being that we're talking about a double feature of horror movies, which we haven't done since the Blair Witch Project, which is a 10 out of 10, and Book of Shadows, which is also a 10 out of 10, we uh, <laughs> have on Mary Beth Andrews as our guest, who does two horror podcasts. I only plugged one in the other one, and I'm very sorry if you want to leave, it's okay. <laughs> um, her other one is Watched Once Never Again, where she talks about movies that are, you know, so bad you would only want to watch them once, and I... Very curious, what is the worst... You've done about, what, 40 episodes of it right now? So we've done about uh, 40 episodes... Yeah, about 40 episodes. And it's disturbing films. So it's, like, films that are so... Like, fucked up movies that we'll watch and tell you about so you don't have to watch them yourself and experience them for yourself. Right. And, uh, of course, my question is, what's the worst one you've watched so far for this? So, okay... A lot of the ones that were, like, are, like, technically, like, Solo and, you know, like Antichrist, I had seen those before. So, like, it wasn't as shocking because I kind of knew what right. to expect. Mm-hmm. But the one that I watched for the first time that really fucked me up was Eden Lake. Oh. Oh, that ending is yeah. fucked. <laughs> yeah, that... that movie ruined me. Like, I did not ex- Like, I knew it was rough. And, right. But I... I that, should, ending. That, that ending. Oh my god! But like, it's so fucking brutal. They light a kid on fire. She puts her nasty, dirty. She gets in that nasty trash. The worst part of that movie is when she gets into that nasty trash can. Like, I don't like. Right. I, I just as some like she was covered in cuts and she's in a nasty trash can. And like that movie just made me feel so fucking ill. Yeah. Like it is uh. so gross and nihilistic. And like, I loved it, which is the whole fucking thing it's, about me. It's- it's good. But it's yeah. good. So good. I did like it. Like it's so good. And then but I also will never watch it again. Yeah. Um I probably I probably will. But like I I mean, yeah. It's yeah. like unfortunately I know that I probably will because like it is it is a really awesome like awesome horror experience if you can put yourself through that. But mm-hmm. um it's fucking brutal. Yeah. Like that's how you, that's yeah. how you do torture porn to me. And like that is the torture porn movie we should be talking about other than like Saw and Hostel. Well, Saw mm-hmm. uh, the Saw and Hostel obviously, but like I think this one deserves more attention as like a pinnacle of that it has, shit. It has Michael Fassbender getting like fucked up for like an hour yeah. and a half. Yeah, and <laughs> what Kelly, more do you and want? Kelly Riley, and she's the, yes. the she's like the final girl character. But like Michael Fassbender's getting his ass beat by teenagers half the time. He's wrapped up in barbed wire. That that's the like, brilliant thing about that movie is it puts you in that ethical conundrum of like they're just kids. Like like in yeah, like the bad guys are fucking teenagers, and it's about like toxic masculinity in these like small British towns, and it's like these kids are kind of like conditioned for violence and it's it's like so weird because obviously like the kids are fucked up but it's like you said there's like an ethical there's an ethical conundrum it's just yeah. very bizarre yeah i think the there's a oh, oh sorry sorry the, i was about to ask if you've seen this movie because the only movie i've ever seen where i'm like i don't think i can ever watch that again but i think it's brilliant it's it's lumped into french new extremity but it's, it's barely a horror movie but it is pretty gory it's called in my skin 
Have you seen that one? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's a horror movie. Yeah. It's she, totally a horror movie. I'm not, she, yeah. That's like the, that's like the only new French extremity I haven't seen. Uh, I've been meaning to it, watch it, it but I haven't. It's so got fucking to good, it. but like self-harm is the one thing that I find to be very triggering uh, in like I think yeah. it's I think it's an amazing portrayal of self-harm and, de- and depression and how there is no rhyme or reason for it because I I think that's what makes that movie so powerful, but like that movie like I felt my stomach in knots and felt nauseous and was like, am I going to make it through this? Cuz I really want to cuz it's great, but like that's the one thing that yeah. I'm just like, oh my god! Like this is like the one thing I can't stomach. It's it's it, it is fantastic though, and if anyone's interested in it, yeah, yeah. And that writer director Marina Devan, her follow up movies, uh, uh, Don't Look Back and Dark Touch, they're they're kind of interesting too. They're not, I don't think they're quite on the level as uh, in my skin, but they're both uh, of of merit and uh, interesting, dealing with kind of similar themes mm-hmm. as those two movies. So we'd recommend f- those two. I forgot uh, before we started, I was talking about you know, Serbian film and August Underground, blah blah blah. The last. <laughs> I haven't done this in like 10 years because my girlfriend was like, oh, I watched The Nightingale and you really got to watch it. It is rough and blah, blah, blah. And I was just like, movies don't affect me. I'll be fine. 30 minutes into that movie, I turned it off and I was like, I do not know if I can finish this fucking movie, dude. And I was like, I did laundry. Oh, we did that for the show. And I saw that in theaters by myself. Oh my God. I saw that in a movie theater alone at like 12 p.m. on like a Tuesday. Oh my god! I mean, I it was was whack. Yeah, I I also (laughs) I saw it in theaters too, but I went with two friends, and it was it was a it hadn't even opened yet. It was a part of our uh, independent film festival, Boston, and it was on a Friday night, and we were like. Where is everyone? That's the new Jennifer Kent film, and we didn't know what we were getting into. And then we the movie started, and we were just like, I remember, yeah, like my friends and I were looking at each other, like, holy shit, like, like I mean, it's a great, great movie, but also, oh, yeah, it's, it's good, incredible, yeah. but it is, uh, yeah, that scene, that scene, like, I was like, I got up and I was like, I'm gonna go do laundry. I'm gonna go, you know, look at cat videos, something like. I do not know if I can finish this movie because that scene is entirely there, fucked up. And then I finished it. There was also good. an after party we went to at a Candlepin Bowling Alley in uh, Somerville, Massachusetts, and the people who were there for a previous movie just watched us all crawl in, just like shaken, like they were just like, "We, <laughs> would you guys like, yeah, watch? We all know what yeah. you just watched, like, <laughs> yeah." And then. The, the other one that I wanted to mention that actually I think we talked about pre- in the previous episode, Dancer in the Dark, was mm. also the other <sighs> fucked up one that I just recently watched that I had never seen before. And good God! That ending as yeah. well. <sighs> it, it stays I've with you. I've seen a lot of Ugh. Lars von Trier films multiple times, particular Melancholia, I think, is a masterpiece. But I've, I've even seen Dogville twice. I've never seen Dancer in the Dark more than once. That's another one. Yeah. Good, like I get, it's gorgeous. Like I don't really like Lars von Trier. I got a lot of. I, we you can listen to the mm-hmm. podcast series about how I feel about his complicated weirdness. Yeah, but uh, uh-huh. that movie's real. I, despite the fact he definitely abused Bjork. Yeah, that's, oh, yeah. that's the other upsetting thing about it. Yeah, I know. Have you seen Breaking the Waves? Yes, that's fucking. I have not. That's a fucking weird movie. Oh yeah. <laughs> No, my parents loved that Weird. movie for some reason. They were really? like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that movie? Yeah. My dad was like, that performance huh. was astonishing. I'm like, right? And I'm like, I never can picture you ever watching this. <laughs> like, they're not wrong, but like, that's a... All right. Yeah. 
right? Yeah, like, yeah. No, I, I got that for my birthday from them one year on Criterion because they were like, this is a great movie. <laughs> and, You're like, and I'm pretty sure I had like a whole bottle of wine watching that movie. <laughs> like, it's just like... <laughs> I definitely smoked a, like a, a bowl or two while watching that movie. Yeah. Um, anyway, but yeah, it's we've watched some really incredible stuff and some really difficult stuff. Um, and uh, uh, like because we're such fucked up people it's usually like our not our first time watching these movies Uh because that is but um yeah it's really it's uh it's taxing i will say that podcast is way more taxing than i thought i was like oh i can do this it it's a little i mean there are times where we're doing stuff for this podcast where i'm like oh yep i i need to watch this before tomorrow and like most of our films are like i mean apart from like the one we just covered strangely and like the content isn't like the worst so i can only imagine like yeah Doing that and ha- being like, no, I I need to like actually get this done tonight. When you might have had a bad day or like, yeah, like hey, you gotta watch Antichrist. I'm like, ugh, <laughs> yeah. ugh. it's just like, can I watch that when I feel like it? Nope, you gotta watch it before we record. It's like I'm not in the right. Okay, fine. I don't want to do it. <laughs> I do. I do recommend that you cover uh, for watch once never again to uh, cover Boat Trip from 2000. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. <laughs> I, That's good. You guys posted about it. I, unlocked memory of watching that movie and i was like oh my god i forgot about that movie oh anyway i would watch i would watch every movie you have podcasted about because i've probably seen most of them because you know unpopular teenager and um i would probably watch all of those again before i'd be like all right i'm gonna put on boat trip yeah i'm gonna do that Welcome to Almost Major, a podcast where we talk about many major studios and the films they released. We are talking today about Sleepless from 2001 from Dario Argento. My name is Kevin Tudor. I'm here with Brighton Doyle. Hello. And Charlie Nash. Hello. And we are once again joined by our special guest, Mary Beth McAndrews from the Scarred from Life podcast, from the Watch One Never Again, from Dead Sur- Sorry, this podcast would be an hour if I listed off all the shit. My God. How are you? lovely thank you so much for having me i'm glad to be back (laughs) uh uh, for everybody out there it's been a week for everybody uh, for us in this chat it's been uh 20 minutes (laughs) yeah (laughs) how have you been in the 20 minutes we haven't talked to you great i ate a piece of bread um oh hell yeah it was incredible thank you (laughs) sleepless from 2001 was released in the u.s on august 24th 2001 i believe uh since it is an italian movie it was released early 2001 in italy um top five films that week it is all bangers i've seen them all greatness not really but top five films that week american pie 2 <laughs> rush hour 2 jay and silent bob strike back the others and rat race <laughs> Oh my god. I've seen Rat Race so many times as a kid on TV and DVD. Holy crap. (laughs) Rat Race was always on TV. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. I got it on DVD for my birthday and I had a sleepover party where we watched Rat Race when I was like 10. Wait, I think I did too. (laughs) 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 I like, that is a similar memory that I have about a slumber party in Rat Race. Like, (laughs) I have a memory of um, uh, during elementary school, we used to have like a 
one two-hour program where you'd stay after school and then your parents would pick you up and whatnot and you'd, you'd do it activities and on Fridays we'd watch movies and you know typically they were G and PG and I guess one of the people who did all of this she rented Rat Race and it popped it in and it was like PG-13 and everybody was just like you know fucking one through fifth graders were like holy shit and they were just like oh fuck I didn't know this was PG-13 but we have nothing else to watch and I was like I've seen it it's not that bad there is a part where you see a side boob but that's it they were like thank you (laughs) glad Um, you had that knowledge ready to go (laughs) (laughs) I was like it has uh, in the rating reasons it says brief nudity but we will be all fine you know I was the popular kid um Rad Race is also a movie like a few months ago we brought it up on our cinephile thing and I was like Rad Race that movie is oh man that's that's a product of his time that's not good and then for 20 minutes we were just like oh yeah but there is that one part and oh yeah there is that one part and then by the end of it it was like guys is Rad Race a a masterpiece is that (laughs) good or bad bits in that movie are just like burned into my brain because I've seen it so many times like when Rowan Atkinson is like look a drifter and he like jumps on the train like like just like leaps onto it and it's just like like whizzing by i just yeah like people people are like kathy bates oh misery yeah won the oscar fantastic and then i'm just like yeah she you should have bought a squirrel that's what i think (laughs) it it, it is kind of well that's kind of funny how you think about how the like the type of humor that type of humor doesn't really exist anymore even though it was only 20 years ago like you try explaining that to movie to people and you're like so then yeah they drive off a cliff because they didn't buy a squirrel and ron atkinson's with wayne knight and he's bringing a heart transplant and then they steal a rocket car and there's a cow tied to a they're like jesus how does this end well (laughs) at a smash mouth concert Not to mention, we talk about this all the time. I'm not sure if it's on the pod. I'm sorry for repeating it. But the funniest thing about that is they find the bag of money behind. They're like backstage of the Smash Mouth concert. And there's no noise. Nothing. It's just like a silent black room. And then the curtain goes up and they're like mid-song. And it's just like the loudest thing in the world. It doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make any sense at all. And then I'm pretty sure it's John Lovitz's kid who has to go, Whoa, it's Smash Mouth. <laughs> like, it has to announce. <laughs> who we are looking at (laughs) is this the most i've talked about rat race in my entire life (laughs) uh we can hold the record we can keep going yeah thank you so much (laughs) i saw it at a uh antique mall that i've been getting one dollar dvds and it's there and i'm just like nobody's gonna get it so i don't have to get it right now but i'm gonna stash it away i'm gonna buy rat race okay it's gonna go in the basement dvds where i don't want people to know that i own it you know but the um, same shelf. <laughs> yeah, where like I picked up uh, the net and uh, 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 Dracula two thousand. That's in the back of the back. Okay. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. <laughs> Kevin, our basement DVDs will align because I also have a copy of Rat Race in my yes. basement. Also, so. like, yes. why the fuck are we like this that we're buying movies we hate? <laughs> like, what is wrong? Because with, like movie people as a like as like a whatever, we're so fucking weird. Like, I will buy movies I hate just to have it why i have I multiple just, yeah. movies i gave a half store that i think are terrible and i was like a dollar yeah said, all right like, yeah what is, why do we do this it's incredible but just i when i talk to people like movie people because a lot of my friends like here i'm like my fiance I'm like i don't fucking understand i'm like no you don't understand the power of just holding it in my hands like i like you hate that movie i don't care I need to have it on yeah. the shelf. Do you, yeah. What, do you want me to just own movies I, I love? What, what What is that about? Yeah, you want yeah. me to just be like, you want to watch a movie that's great? No, 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 no. I'm, I'm going to put on Lost Souls, okay? Um, 
like uh, uh what what else garbage did I get? Uh, uh, uh oh yeah, that the four pack that I got of Dreamcatcher, Gothica, Queens of the Damned, and Ghost Ship for a dollar. Oh, like that is the totally greatest is, dollar I've ever spent. <laughs> that is the best dollar you've ever spent because that's an iconic quadrilogy, right? Right there. Yeah. Wow. I just watched Dreamcatcher for the first time. That movie is fucking bananas. Oh, it's insane. It's insane. <laughs> I read that book in middle school. I should not have read Same. that book in middle school. I was like, oh, he's shitting I, aliens. What the fuck is this? I was in like a book club, like a like a middle school book club run by my local library, and they picked that no! it was my first Stephen King book. <laughs> no! We have to talk about Dreamcatcher. Yeah. There's like that. Okay, we're so off track. I'm so sorry. I'm late. Oh, it's fine. It's fine. Oh, no, this is this is fantastic. Uh, <laughs> do we want to like riff five ten minutes on Rush Hour two or just rap? Well, it is funny that like <laughs> no, you said just... the first Rush Hour was in the box. Wasn't that in the box office as well? Yes. For, like, oh. Yes. So funny. Wow. Yeah. The others is also a good movie. The kind yes. of horror movie they don't make anymore. Yeah. Well, We'll be talking about uh, that director, Alejandro Amandabar, because he did Abelardo Sojos, which was remade to Vanilla oh. Sky, and but that Abelardo Sojos was uh, was an artisan release, so we'll be talking about that very yes. soon at some point. All right. Yeah. Which uh, he also did Thesis, which is a good time. It's a little mm-hmm. too long, but it's it, that's a that's a pretty good movie. Um, moving on track, number one song in the U.S. this week is Fallen by Alicia Keys, which I do ah. know. Number one song in Canada was Elevation by U2. So of course, uh, United States oh wins again. Was um, that the was that the theme song for the first uh, Laura Croft film? <laughs> oh, I swear to God, it was. I swear, there's like I saw like the music I, video on VH1. But I thought of, I thought the was... theme song for the first Tomb Raider was uh, "Did My Time" by Corn, which uh, Angelina Jolie is in the music video for. I thought what? that was the theme song. Charlie, it says. It says a different mix of the song entitled The Tomb Raider Mix was included in the soundtrack <laughs> of the 2001 film Lara Croft Tomb Raider. <laughs> oh, excuse me, excuse me, I'm extra sorry. embarrassing? I've never even seen Lara Croft Tomb Raider. <laughs> I've seen them both, <laughs> yes. Uh, they are incredible films. <laughs> I'm sorry, Did My Time by Corn was the theme song for Cradle of Life Tomb Raider in 2003. My bad, oh, my bad. Yeah. yeah, I'm sorry. Um... <laughs> I, I I just embarrassing myself with the new metal facts. I'm really sorry. Uh, the budget for Sleep Sleepless was four million dollars. I could not find the U.S. gross whatsoever. It was release limited, so I doubt it did much. Worldwide gross of one hundred fifty eight thousand dollars. Sleepless is about an insomniac detective played by Max von Sydow. Comes out of retirement to track a serial killer who copies a string of old murders pretty self to the point uh directed by dario argento prior to this suspiria in 1977 deep red 1975 after this the card player in 2003 a few episodes of masters of horror and is releasing his first movie in a decade this year called black glasses which i looked up in the imdb trivia for this movie says that they uh, both him and the co-writer uh franco farini uh made a sequel wrote a sequel in 2002 but uh shelved it and this movie, and it said it was going to be called Black Glasses. And this movie that's coming out is called Black Glasses. That's supposed to be a sequel. But I looked at the plot summary of the movie that's coming out this year, and it, I don't know how it's a sequel. But regardless, um, written by Dario Argento and Franco Farini. Uh, prior to this, co-wrote uh, Farini co-wrote Once Upon a Time in America in 1984. Mm. Uh, they together co-wrote Demons and Phenomena Ooh. in 1985 with Argento. Demons and after is good. this. 
Demons rule. Yeah, that was phenomena. <laughs> I need to watch that, yeah. And uh, also Corrode Argento's movie that's dropping this year. Starring Max von Sydow as Moretti. And uh, just to be a little shit, prior to this, he was in Exorcist 2 in 1977. <laughs> and then after this, in Extremely Loud and Incredibly Close in 2011. Oscar um, nominated for that movie. <laughs> oh my god. Wait, was he real? He... Yes. Yeah. I got yeah. in a fight with my ex-boyfriend because I didn't want to see that movie. <laughs> <laughs> Emphasis on X. Yes. Oh my goodness. Why don't you want to watch That's it? Tom Hanks is in it. Like, no, no. I, and, and to I, be I, fair, uh, I was probably being shitty because he did go see a lot of stuff he probably didn't want to go see with me. And for the record, we're still friends. Uh, it's just that... It's just, yeah, a, it's just it a, is, an incredible series of words strung together. <laughs> yeah. Also, not that it was anywhere near this time. My dad did work in the World Trade Center at one point in time, but uh, way before 9-11. So, like, yeah, it didn't really feel like wanting to watch that. I mean, I still haven't seen it to this day. It looks like a piece of shit. Um, you're like, I'll, like watch, I'll watch Remember Me, but not extremely loud and incredible. Well, re- the, the ending of Remember Me is all I've seen, and that's just, that's <laughs> a completely different thing. story. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, I uh, unfortunately watched Extremely Loud and Incredibly Close when I was uh, watching as much Sandra Bullock movies as I could. Uh, yeah, it's fucking awful. Um, I don't think Max Moncito has been in any other movies, but I could be wrong. Anyways, uh, <laughs> uh, Stefano <laughs> Dionessi as G. Como. Uh, sorry, very white. I'm trying my best. Uh, I, think it's Gio- I think it's Giacomo. Yes, you were Giacomo. Right. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Chiari caselli as gloria she uh, prior to this she was in my private idaho and she's also mm. uncredited in the pasolini movie 2014 oh. as like a voice or something like that i i have uh, seen my own private idaho multiple times river phoenix's performance in that movie is one of my favorites of all time i cannot point her out in that movie right i feel terrible saying that i just i don't know who is she i don't know oh i i do not know like i think these are really small parts because uh, uh, the rest of the people I'm going to list are all pretty much extensively work in Italian movies. So, but yeah, I couldn't tell you. Um, Gabrielle Lavia as Mr. Betty previously worked with Argento uh, on Deep Red and at Inferno. Uh, for the trivia, I couldn't really find any trivia or interviews with Argento. There is an interview with Argento on the Blu-ray, but it doesn't give much behind-the-scenes info besides like working with everybody was so fun and it was so much fun to come back to Giallo Films after not making one in a while. So. I have a book on Dario Argento. This movie is not even mentioned in it. Not even as, like, a footnote. It's very bizarre. Yeah, and the reviews, I only found, like, a few reviews from the time, like, by, like, legitimate source, uh, legitimate publications, like, um, Slant and BBC uh, Movies, and they're middling reviews, I would say. I mean, BBC Movies, it looks like the reviewer gave it four out of five, but then, like, Slate gave it two and a half. Variety says, like, it seems like something that you would just, like, watch on like it seems like kind of like just a fall from grace and everything they say um yeah i don't know i I guess it's just like one of i I feel like that's like kind of the rep for like a lot i i I have not seen a lot of argento movies but i feel like the rep is that like most of his movies after like the sort of like the famous ones that uh kevin was naming earlier like they they are not uh as well liked as uh as the more famous ones i don't know if i'm maybe and maybe there are Emma fans that like really like them, but I, I feel like right. Yeah, I've de- I've definitely heard that once he starts casting his daughter in movies, that people are just like, "What are, what are we doing? You're doing you got some good ideas and whatnot." But yeah, I've only seen a few of his like '70s and '80s classic ones, so this is the only like one of recent memory from him that I've seen. Murders like these are not accidental; they're premeditated. 
He likes to hurt. He likes to hurt human beings. His is not an illness you can cure. Fingerprints and nothing to do with DNA on. How are you going to catch him? Initial thoughts. Um, I will go first. I will say that I had very high expectations after the first like 20 25 minutes of this were like really fucking fantastic, and then mm-hmm. it's just really long and kind of drags, and then the story of it all is very basic but it gets dragged out like so much like there's so much going on when there's really not like max Cito's doing a good job and a few other people but it's just it it, it, after the first like 20-25 minutes like on that train and all of that that is really really fantastic and whatnot and just feels like you watch that and you're like oh man argento hasn't lost a step and then you watch the rest of it and you're like oh man he should have hired an editor um but it, it it it's an interesting enough story and then it gets to the fucking wackadoo ending that's kind of all over the place but um yeah i it, it's definitely it doesn't it never recaptures like the first 20 25 minutes especially when it goes back to just having kill scenes and whatnot like there's there's a cool scene where it uh it's like filming the carpet and like if this place yeah. where all the people are walking and whatnot and then you see a see the guy that's obviously the killer in like black boots walking and then you see another pair of feet and then those feet get like picked up because he's like strangling her and whatnot i'm like that's inspired like that's kind of cool but yeah i kind of <laughs> as much as i was like hell yeah i'm gonna watch strange land this one was kind of daunting i think just because the two hours of it all and then i watched it and i was just like okay i did have kind of a reason to be daunted by this by the the run time because it's it's stretched out for for way too long i feel like this could have been a lean like 80 90 minute just wild time but oh well not not the worst uh it's my least favorite argento that i've seen but i've only seen this opera deep red and suspiria and those three you really can't go wrong with but uh charlie initial thoughts yeah, I'm pretty much on the exact same page. I love most of the Argento films I've seen. I mean, Suspiria and Deep Red and Phenomena, Opera, Bird the Crystal Plumage, Inferno. Love all those. I agree with you. This I was not really familiar with this one. I, like you, thought the first 15, 20 minutes were actually really inspired. And I was went into this movie hoping that I was going to love it because there are a lot of horror um, auteurs who have gotten that rap around this time period, like 2000, 2001. Like, I like uh, later uh, De Palma, and I like later John Carpenter films. Like, I think Ghosts of Mars is a blast, for example. Uh, And, you know, I was like, well, maybe it was just the time period, and, like, maybe there's actually a lot of stuff. And there are some inspired moments, as you said, Kevin, but I, I, I completely agree with you that it really drags during that middle section. Like, I got, like, sleepy at one point, because it is, you're right, it is so basic. And, like, I like Max von Sydow. Um, I love the relationship he has with his parrot, parakeet. We're asking Hell yeah. what exactly it was. I thought that was really nice. He's clearly having fun. Um, you know, the train sequence at the beginning reminded me a lot of the train sequence in, like, Dress to Kill. And then they even have, like, um, that that kind of fake out that I thought was actually really clever where I'm like, oh, it is kind of like Dress to Kill because this one woman's going to be seeing the murder and then she's going to be in on it. And then they kill her immediately. And I was like, oh, I actually didn't see that coming at all. Uh, but then, yeah, it's, it, 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 it doesn't have, I mean, the, the main thing I love about his older films is just the pure candy coated 
candy-colored aesthetic of it. Um, the Goblin score here is fine. I mean, it's, it's I pretty won't. good. It's pretty, it's pretty good. good. Yeah. It's pretty it's good. Not my, it's not my favorite thing they've done. It's very no, 2001. No, no. Uh, you know, I guess I had higher, higher hopes for it. Um, and I actually kind of liked the last 10 minutes just because it did get that kind of kooky again, where it just was like ridiculous with the Biles piling up and the fake outs and the double, cr you know, like... At first you think it's this person, then you think it's this person, it's actually this person. I will say, I mean, we were talking about it uh, too last night, Bryden. There's some very funky editing choices in this Dude. <laughs> like, yeah. like, at one point, it just cuts to, like, this woman in a diner, and it just cuts to her close-up on her face, and then it cut, and I'm just like, that was, like, 20 seconds. I don't know what I just looked <laughs> at, but that was, like, I, I don't, like, I get what the movie's doing. She's going to be the next victim, but it was just so weird, uh... Yeah, I, I think, yeah, exactly what you said, Kevin. If you stripped it down to 90 minutes, made it a little juicier, and also just, I miss, you know, I'm not saying he, I don't want Argento to never grow as an artist or anything like that, but, like, the aesthetic here, like, I missed kind of the the weird otherworldly vibe that, like, you know, his visuals and his, uh, and his, even the score uh, kind of provided. And here, it did kind of feel like, kind of like one of those early aughts thrillers just Argento happened to be behind it and there are nice visual flourishes I do think I laughed out loud really hard at the final kill which we'll get into I mm -hmm. thought that was a nice little sick visual gag but yeah I, definitely kind of disappointed the only Argento film I have seen that I didn't really care for I would never say to anyone don't see it because especially like if you're interested in his you know filmography it's not it's not the worst it, it, it you know there are enough things in it for me to like say it's worth checking out as a curiosity, but yeah, there's some. It, it's a bit of a slog for I'd say a good chunk of it. Right, uh, Mary Beth, what'd you think? Well, besides the fact that I had a really hard time finding it, and then the the internet was fighting me to watch it, um, I again I agree with everything everyone is saying. Like I, I don't have an original thought. I apologize with that. <laughs> um, it's it's fascinating to see Argento in the 2000s, I will say, because I yeah. love his filmography, his early stuff. Like, Phenomena is one of my all-time favorite movies. That shit is insane. It's amazing. I love Suspiria. Yeah. I love Deep Red. I mean, I love all of his work. But it's very fascinating to see his sensibilities put into the 2000s. And it, it in some ways it works, and in some ways it does not. And... I think by no stretch of the imagination is it like a terrible movie. And I think it is a really interesting like return to form for him because I think, you know, he hadn't made something in that style and trying to get the giallo vibe in the, his kind of giallo vibe in this time period was very rocky and it wasn't always bad, but it wasn't always successful either because he's kind of old and like, that's, mm -hmm. that's fine. But um, mm -hmm. yeah, very similar in terms of like, also just, I love Italian horror, but the fucking dub performances in these movies it's, are yeah. so hard for me to get used to. Like, I know, I've mm -hmm. watched a decent number of these kinds of movies, and I still cannot, like, totally deal with, like, the, like, the lack of, like, any conviction in anyone's performance and line delivery. <laughs> right. It's, it's yeah. so strange. You just, like, have to come in and be like, okay... 
Uh, typically, I look for acting of like emotion and whatnot. I just have to uh, forget that and uh, try to uh, meet the movie on the weird dub terms. Yeah, uh, but the, but the fact that this one seems like it takes more in place in reality made it even weirder. See, the that's the thing. It's like it felt like it didn't feel like it didn't have that like weird ethereal vibe that in the other ones I can mm-hmm. kind of get into. Like it's a weird fantasy dissociation from reality, but this one was much more like grounded in reality. So I was like, this is really just feels like a bad B movie, which was shitty because it's Argento, but it felt like a bad B movie with like yeah. that kind of line reads or dubbing. Yeah, especially like that. I think it's like a 10 minute scene with like four people just sitting at a table with that's when the dubbing really starts to I'm just like, there's nothing like visually yeah. I'm seeing. It's just like guys being like just talking and it's it really takes me out because like yeah like you were saying like you watch Suspiria and the off kilter dubbing of that kind of works with what you're seeing because it's just so ethereal and weird that you're just like okay I buy into it but when it's like four people at a table at a restaurant just talking I'm just like this is is a little strange (laughs) uh Bryden what do you think yeah um, I'm the weird one here that this was my first Argento that I'd ever seen. I Whoa, had never seen. Really? I know. Yeah. Wow. I watched Suspiria. I did watch the original Suspiria the other day to have like at least a little bit of context on this guy's career. I wanted, I'm looking forward to catching up with more because Suspiria is wow. fantastic. And it was really cool watching these two movies like basically back to back or like at least a, a day, only a day apart from each other and seeing kind of like the certain like visuals being echoed in this one like shots of like you know sort of like the mystery of like ooh like what's this silhouette doing behind the mirror and behind like this curtain or whatever like when um uh yakimo like thinks that like uh, his love interest is being like strangled behind like the curtain and he goes around it's like oh it's just like you're helping like prep for like the the stage performance or whatever and um or like the uses of color are really distinctive too um i think the thing that so i kind of like this movie i it, it is Definitely a mess. I, I, I agree with uh, Kevin and everyone else here that, like, the for the movie starts stronger than it finishes. Uh, definitely. The problem is, like, I think the, the direction, like, really comes to life in all the murder sequences with, like, all the cuts and, like, the, the, the lighting choices and the music cues. That all feels, like, just, like, orchestrated, like, clockwork and everything. Like, it, yeah, it, every, every choice feels, like, totally germane. Whereas, like... In the dialogue scenes, I feel like it's, like, him just, like, trying shit out, and, like, it doesn't really have, like, a whole lot of, like, motivation. Like, it'll be, like, having a conversation at, like, a dinner table. Like, a lot of, like, long conversation scenes where I'm just, like, I'm not entirely sure why the camera is, like, placed in this way. Like, there's one scene where um, it's Max von Sydow and another cop are, like, talking when they're going to exhume the corpse of uh, who they think the killer is, and... um for some reason the camera like just like drifts over to like follow another couple like going to a grave and like we we don't know who this couple is we never see them again and i'm just like i'm not and it's like well that's you're drawing my attention to like to a different part of the screen and that's like you're at least doing something to get me to notice i mean on what's going on on screen but i don't really know what the motivation is and i feel like that's where argento kind of struggles throughout the rest of the movie whereas in something like Suspiria, i feel like even like in the the horror sequences and the non-horror sequences every choice feels like it's like contributing to the mood in a way that like is effective um and yeah like the reality of it too uh and as uh mary beth was talking about like how this movie is like it does like feel like a little bit more grounded than something like suspiria i feel like the kind of choppiness of like the pacing and like the editing like doesn't 
Whereas, like, that would, like, kind of throw me off in something that is, like, a little more supernatural or, like, otherworldly. It feels just kind of janky here. Like, there's, like, one scene where, like, the camera, it's, like, the goblin score is playing while the camera's, like, looking up, like, at, like, a, at, like the roof of a building and, like, looking at, like, the sky and everything. And, like, the music is, like, you know, crescendoing and everything. And then, like, before the note has even finished, it just drops us into, like, a new dialogue scene. Like, just, like, so abruptly. And I'm, like, thinking, it feels like that wasn't where the edit should have, like, come. It feels like you should have maybe, like let that note finish and then like cut into the new scene. I mean, that's like, I'm getting a little bit granular here with the details, but it's just like little things like that, that kind of like add up to like the, the sloppy pacing with like the two hour runtime. However, I do think there is enough stuff here with like the set pieces that like hold my, help my interest throughout the runtime. And I think Von Sydow is like the one actor who I think uh, escapes like the awkwardness of the dubbing. I feel like his sort of like gentle demeanor, like is like a nice grounding mm-hmm. force throughout the whole movie. Like Charlie said, the scenes where he's like offering, offering coffee to his parents. Like, would you like coffee? It's great for the memory. Like it's, that is like just sort of like the jokey sort of like uh, doddering old man. Like I, I find that very, very comforting in a movie that is like very uh, violent a lot of the time. Um, and I, I, I did like the the wackadoo twist at the end. I was not expecting, I think, I guess kind of early who the killer might be, but I did not think, I did not know how they were going to be the killer at the end of the movie. So I did appreciate that, that twist, which did make me laugh out loud. But um, yeah, the, the ending of this movie is like super abrupt. And it feels like, it gets, like the credits start rolling like 10 minutes after, or like 10 seconds after like the, the whole thing is wrapped up. And it's like, okay, this feels like a little bit rushed, but I don't know. There's some interesting stuff here all the same. Uh, I'm glad I saw it, at least. Yeah, I'm seeing here that Max von Sydow insisted that the parrot in the film be called Marcello. (laughs) He was like, I'm going to be in this movie. You're going to name this fucking parrot what I want. Yeah. Uh, Translated into English, the film's Italian title means I'm not sleepy. That would have been a better title. (laughs) I did, like, do the, 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 in my notes, when, like, uh, it's at the, the suspected killer's mom like comes to visit Max von Sydow and they like he says like oh yeah I, I have trouble sleeping I wrote my notes like ah so they're the ones who are sleepless <laughs> it was just like <laughs> right like, yeah pointing meme sort of thing <laughs> yeah I, I, if my girlfriend would have been awake I'd be like that's sleepless and then she would have kicked me out <laughs> <laughs> oh I just feel like it, it, again like I don't watch Argento films like usually they are there are like mysteries and sometimes they're really clever and sometimes they're not and it doesn't really matter as long as the vibe and the mood and uh, you know the general aesthetic is like really stunning and here the movie just starts off with a Turin 1983 and the kid I'm gonna find out who killed your mother and I'm just like oh dwarf killer oh that kid fucking killed her but like it doesn't matter it doesn't really matter except that they make so much of this movie about the case and it's not really again we we, we mentioned this but it's not really delving into anything surreal it's just kind of mm-hmm. like them just talking about like and, and a lot of it doesn't lead anywhere, which I also wouldn't care about, except that we actually spend time with, like, he cut the, the one ha- uh, of the victim's uh, fingernails on the right hand down to the quick. Like, that doesn't add up. Like, that scene like, fucked me up, dude. Yeah, I mean, that it's was gross. Rough. It's effective. I was into it. Like, I was like, what? okay, okay. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah I don't yeah. mind that, but, it, like, it doesn't add up to anything. Oh, it's and I, literally nothing. Not, like, it's I just don't... funny. You're just like, oh, okay, you're getting me, you're, uh, you're getting me excited. And it's like, oh, just... 
just nothing. Yeah, I, I guess that's the thing. It's just a lot of scenes of them also repeating dialogue of like, oh, I don't drink. Like all the like, how many times <laughs> has he mentioned that he doesn't drink? Like, and it's just like, I don't go to an Argento film for fucking character development. I want to see some fucking like gnarly kills and yeah, I don't give a shit about score. these characters whatsoever. No, like, these people mean nothing no. to me. I don't want to remember. Why are them? they no. talking and not dying? I don't yeah. want to remember their like, fucking names. Who I don't care who they. Are. Yeah, I, yeah. One of them plays a harp, I guess, and the other, yeah, like trauma. All the other ones trauma. That's it. Yep. Like, yeah. Yep. <laughs> yep. Mm-hmm. Also, the amount of times they show that, like, what do they call it? An English horn just being jabbed into that person's <laughs> mouth. That is it fucked. It's That's... fucked. But the amount of times they like. showed it, and the first time they showed it, I was like, that is really fucked. But then they show it like three times, and it only kind of gets funnier with <laughs> oh my. <laughs> <laughs> it was like, are they gonna do it again? Oh, <laughs> that's not how you use instruments. This is wild. Yeah. Um, oh, strangely, someone did, d- that- Go ahead. someone did that to my uh, music teacher in elementary school. Once. No, that's awesome. Uh huh. Sure, they did. Oh, <laughs> no, no, not even, not even kidding. I had like a tyrant of a music school teacher in elementary school. Her name was Mrs. Stonebreaker. <laughs> Are you fucking kidding me? That was her fucking name. I am name? not kidding. Is that her? It, she was. That was her real name. She was the absolute worst. And when we wrote a school newspaper in fourth grade, I had a friend who wrote a fake article for the school newspaper about how she got frustrated turning, trying to teach us how to play recorders, so she turned into a wild ape and got shot down by the Air Force. <laughs> <laughs> got in so much trouble. <laughs> I can and imagine just... <laughs> getting very frustrated with the recorder. And I, I'm, like, imagining if that was, like, what happened now, like, that teacher would totally, like, take a photo of it on their phone and then, like, discipline them, but then go up to every teacher and be like, you will never believe what this kid wrote. <laughs> <And> like... <laughs> that is the funniest thing I've ever... <laughs> Yo, if, if I was watching a movie and, like, the hardcore teacher was named Stonebreaker, I'd be like, okay, that's a little on the nose, you know. Oh, no, Stonebreaker, it... that's incredible. I cannot believe that was yeah. her actual last name. Oh, yeah. I cried. Who knows where I'm she is crying. Now. That was so funny. <laughs> <laughs> Remember when we had to bring uh, the recorders home from music class and our parents just uh, uh, oh, wish we didn't exist? Oh, yeah. I, I, I remember seeing so many tweets from angry parents when the pandemic began where they were like, they're making us teach our kids recorders over Zoom. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> like, you're a little out of pitch. How do you know? Yeah. Yeah. Remember was my mom would make me go play it outside so the neighbors would have to listen to me play. <laughs> they're, just, they're like hey can you tell your daughter to be quiet yeah that's what i've been trying to say yeah we trying to figure out how to play um amazing hot cross grace. buns amazing grace it was the level i was getting like the black but we got like karate belts on our recorder and i was getting my black belt with amazing grace oh my god <laughs> oh my god um <laughs> Sorry. So, wow. Sleepless from 2001 starts <laughs> out. Uh, Starring Mrs. Stonebreaker? <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. For some reason, even though this movie is two hours long, the, the plot description on Wikipedia is two paragraphs. and uh, nothing happens. I noticed, I noticed that. I was like, Kevin, for, what are you going to do for the plot? <laughs> I'm just going to make stuff up. Uh, but the fact that Van... The fact that Van Wilder had like fourteen paragraphs is just saying a lot, um, <laughs> and it's and it's half an hour shorter, and there's no plot whatsoever. 
<laughs> they're just like so they get the base they get the pastries right and then they have this dog okay yeah they just have to really over explain it anyways uh detective moretti played by max Fonsito, is investigating a series of murders in turin in 1983 known as the dwarf murders the main suspect a giallo novelist named the Vinso, Vincino di Vincenzo, Fabriti. I believe, is, his name, is how you pronounce his first name, at least. Um, uh, okay. A person with dwarfism, I assumed, um, turned up dead and the case is considered closed. However, 17 years later, a similar series of murders begin and draw a since-retired Moretti back into the case. Uh, they pretty much say that this guy was found sh- shot in the head, but they were just like, but we don't know if somebody shot him or if he shot himself. And I was like, you're detectives you should know that um <laughs> yeah this is the thing maximus Otto says like well we didn't used to write this stuff down we just keep it in our heads i'm like that sounds like bad police work i feel like, you, like you... <laughs> that's 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 the john mulaney joke yeah that's we just keep john it mulaney in our head yeah, joke yeah. Yeah, of uh oh we found blood by the victim ah gross <laughs> mop it up <laughs> back to my hunch back to my that's, hunch yeah yeah, that's so good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like no we keep it we we keep (laughs) it in our head but um yeah aren't you the guy that's just like 17 years later like what do you remember about this ah nothing (laughs) yeah nothing i kind of expected the parrot to sort of say certain things back (laughs) that would have ruled dude that would have fucking what's more giallo than a fucking talking parrot like reveals case like the details about a murder case that's the most giallo shit i've ever fucking heard (laughs) behind like a a blood red background yeah my god yes well while goblin is just wailing on the score (laughs) um already teams up with Giacomo giallo Gallo, Giallo, that'd be funny. That would be uh, great. Who's Giacomo Giallo? <laughs> Giacomo Giacomo? Giallo. Giacomo? Is it Giacomo? Giacomo. Giacomo is the person. Or Giacomo. Yes. Oh Jesus, that just made up a fake name. <laughs> Giacomo Giallo. Yeah, whose mother, <laughs> whose mother was murdered in the 1983 spree, which is what the 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 pre uh, the the first thing we see is when he's a little kid and Max Oncito's like, oh fucking do whatever I takes to solve this and um yeah uh to determine if defabric oh my god i'm just lady gaga and the shit out of this if <laughs> determine if defabric is still alive or was actually innocent of the crimes for which he was accused as the murders continue the investigating duo discovers that the murderer is arranging their murder to an old nursery rhyme about the killing of animals that's menacing so scary um <laughs> i do love that that max von Cito has that line through that he's like what was that other book called animal yeah. farm who wrote it <laughs> uh, animal, uh, no, i read no, it a long no. time ago yeah or i just read it does he say he read it a long time ago or he just read it and doesn't yeah. remember who I, was, I was i was joking with kevin before we started recording like is, that's like a bit that like i'm like is, he, is that like a bit that he's doing like i'm like saying like oh yeah you know what song i love a photograph not the ringo star one but the one by weezer or something I mean, just like just like the wrong song or whatever i don't know i'm just like i like both those songs but like i'm just thinking of like <laughs> i'm surprised you didn't say nickelback nickelback i thought you were canadian what's going called on photograph yeah, off yeah. Of the very underrated green album but yeah yeah <laughs> anyway back to weezer cast uh ultimately <laughs> it's discovered there's literally only one paragraph left uh, this is all i have to work with there's only there's either two paragraphs on wikipedia or there's a plot synopses on imdb that is like 18 paragraphs i could fill in the blanks by the way kevin because i took a lot right, of notes while right. watching this if, if okay yes yes please um 
I, I would just say the last paragraph and then we can go to that. But ultimately, it's discovered that Lorenzo is the murderer, that he had begun killing when he was just a child, hence why DeFabrici was suspected due to the similarity in height. Yeah, and Lorenzo is um, Giacomo's best friend from childhood who calls uh, Giacomo back uh, back home uh, because I think Giacomo is like working at like a... Is it a Chinese restaurant in uh, in Rome, I think? And then, like, uh, yes. he gets a call from Lorenzo who says, like, you need to come back home because the murders are starting up again. Or, like, and then, yeah, it turns out Lorenzo is the one who did it. And he's, like, just sort of sadistically taunting his friend. Uh, like, mm-hmm. He thinks he's playing a game, as he says at the end of the movie. Um, yeah. How the fuck do, how the fuck does anyone expect anyone to keep track of all these fucking people and all of their relationships in these Chiala <laughs> yeah. movies? I swear to God. It's like, they all have a, like, I... The, Jello movies always crack me up. Like, oh yeah, that one guy we saw for two seconds is the killer. Like, surprise! It just makes me cra- fucking. <laughs> you, crack me up. my cousin's second removed from marriage. I can't believe it. And you're like, what? I, mean, <laughs> like, I, bet, I will say, Lorenzo does scream killer status though when like you see him like at his apartment and he's like looking, talking about the, the murders while like looking off camera and like smirking. I'm thinking, hmm, you seem <laughs> evil. I, I, I yeah. <laughs> Another murder, you say? Hmm. My, yeah. my favorite example of this, although it's not a Jalo film, in fact, it's a terrible movie, is if anyone's seen the movie 88 Minutes, Al Pacino in that movie uh, goes around asking everybody about their first and last names, and they're all, like, Kim Cummings and, like, Guy LaForge, and then just being what? like, who are all these people? <laughs> what like, are you talking about? <laughs> uh, no, the movie 88 Minutes that is like, oh, if you want a bad, bad movie. That's also <laughs> got some torture porn in it. I mean, it's not a horror movie, but it's, it's uh, uh 88 Minutes, a movie that is famously 100 and five minutes long yes oh yeah it's it's something his 88 minutes to solve a murder is oh <laughs> yeah oh yeah that's the most incredible oh, the... tagline i've ever read oh yeah it's incredible there's also that movie also starts in like 1996 and like the first line is there are these two teenage girls hanging out and one of them goes i can't believe princess diana died <laughs> <laughs> Did you hear about the Nirvana singer Kurt Cobain? I can't believe he passed away. We're in the 90s, if you haven't known. Yeah. Lorenzo also reveals that the only reason the murder stopped was because he had traveled to another country where he continued murdering according to the nursery rhyme. That's all the Wikipedia got. <laughs> and then he, and then he shot, and the, and the credits roll while the cops roll into the place, and also seemed to fuck up the crime scene by like stepping on his asthma inhaler, which was like <laughs> part of like the murder. Because like yeah. that's the thing, like Giacomo says, like I remember, I don't remember the killer's face, but I heard a, a hiss and a whistle, and then at the end of the movie, it's like, oh my gosh, it was your asthma inhaler that I was hearing at that time, and then like the the cops just like step over it and say like, hmm, seems like a murder suicide with this guy's dad. And then it's like, well, I guess they, they fucked that case up. It's yeah. They had chief Wiggum on the case during that time. Like, <laughs> Take him yeah. away boys. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. I think the tagline for this movie is, uh, well, no, actually it's one of the critics quotes. Uh, it actually says we'll do for inhalers, which what jaws did for sharks. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, Bryden, uh, your, uh, notes what do you what do you got to i mean we could talk about some of the, the pieces. pieces in this movie i mean like there's still, like just incredible sequences of suspense that like are like really like for how long they go on i mean like they, they really do a good job of sustaining the tension i mean like the yeah the, the train set piece where um mm-hmm. oh, it's so good it starts with like a, it starts with like mm. a prostitute um or a sex worker i feel like it's the more politically correct term uh, sorry about mm-hmm. that yeah um, uh, where she goes to visit a client and she's like 
uncomfortable with like some of the things that he wants her to do and then like while she's leaving she trips over a, a box that reveals like a bunch of knives and like hatchets and uh that's when the goblin score really kicks in where like there's like a yeah. big glass of organ music yeah. like, really hitting home the drama of this revelation and then um while she's rushing out trying to get away from this clearly fucked up situation she grabs a blue bag and while she's on the train she finds like a bunch of like murder clip like newspaper clippings about the the murders from the 80s and typical also, shit and yeah. diagrams yeah. that like are hand drawn and like murder pictures and she's like oh my gosh okay so i have all of the evidence and calls <laughs> up her friend to come pick her up but then the guy that she was with calls and says like you have my file i'm gonna i know where you are too and that's like the really and like the, the whole scene is like shot like also a lot of the time from like these like uh, high, high up, angles yeah. that really make you yeah. feel like some omniscient force yeah. so that really like when he says like i hear a train i know where you are and yes. like, that really hits oh. home like the the fact that mm. she's like just trapped in this situation you know she's just like hot and she keeps like getting into these parts of like the train where you think that she's safe where she finds a, conduct- a conductor then he gets knocked out and then you know she's hiding in like this like sort of like uh rubber curtain and like that's really cool like the sound design like it has like this weird squishy sound when she hides inside the mm-hmm. rubber curtain and like that visual mm-hmm. of her face peeking out is reminded me of early argento like and how like just the use of distorted faces is so effective mm-hmm. even though that that like i think about like the 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 woman in suspiria getting pushed against the plate of glass yeah. and how unsettling that oh, is even yeah. though that's like the, even yeah. though she's doing this to herself like and is not getting hurt it 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 really did make me be like, oh, yeah, we're in. Like, we're back in Argento land. And then, yeah. you know, we still are, but, like, it's it's mute, more muted. Also, Bryden, I don't know if, or, or everyone, I don't know if you looked at the IMDb page for these actors, but half of them are for their, half of their profile pics are for their performances in this movie, including That's, the train conductor. Hell yeah. Who is just a photo of him being knocked out. It's <laughs> <laughs> what I do best. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but I mean, also, like, too, like, I mean, this is, like, the thing that Argento seems to do well, just, like, in the two movies of his I've seen, where, like, you really feel, like, every impact of the violence, like, when, like, the knife, like, yes. hits the thumb, yeah. and, like, you see it, like, at coffee, you're just like, oh, my gosh, like, you're just, it's obviously not, it, it's, like, the the amount of blood, and, like, it's, like, it, it is, like, I guess, like, exaggerated, but it is, like, you just, you get the visceral impact of all that, but, um, yeah, yeah, and then, so when the train, like, drops off, um, it, like drops off at the station her friend like grabs the file um and like finds out that her friend is dead but then like she like goes out and tries to get like help from a cabbie who's like you know just like totally like awful to her and says like fuck off and everything and like then she drops off she gets like uh killed in her car and that's like another like really gruesome scene where she gets stabbed in the back of the neck and like the screen goes like completely red it's like you're taken like inside it, it, like it's I, I was i actually rewound that because i thought that was really cool but i also couldn't tell what i was looking at where i was like are we in the knife's point of view of just like in the neck like i couldn't really tell it was, but wild. It was very cool yeah, yeah. but um, yeah like that that train sequence like the greens and the darkness it just really mm-hmm. feels very voyeuristic and creepy and then whenever that woman dies and then it goes to her friend that's outside the train and it's raining and it's just really dark and blue like it's just really good shit that first like 15 20 minutes um yeah i have to talk about uh how artisan advertised this movie and the poster they have for it it is the most fucking weird ass it's a guy with green eyes and like a skull bottom half of his face and he has a hand pushed up to the poster with a woman in it, and the tagline is "Creepier than Jack the Ripper." 
I don't know how that's getting anybody in the theaters or uh, renting this movie, but uh, I mean, from I, hell, I the, just looked at the Jack, oh, the Jack yeah. Ripper movie comes out that day. Oh, okay. That's what we're going off of. I don't know. Jack Jack the Ripper was in that summer. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, <they're laughs> trying to get people in a lot in the early odds, and now he's back out. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> it was real bad. <laughs> Just trying to get people at Blockbuster like, oh, From Hell is out. Oh, no, what are we going to get? This movie's creepier than Jack the Ripper. we got to get this shit. Yeah. yeah. There's a few posters that are very strange. Like, uh, there's another one where I'm just like, Does that, is that even a character in the movie? I can't tell. Well, the letterbox poster, I think, is like the first character who gets killed when she's like up against like the train window while she's like. Right, because that's the Blu-ray cover. Right there you here. go. Yeah, yeah mm-hmm. that's that's what it is. Um. Yeah, so that's that's like that whole scene is incredible, and then um, yeah, I mean, where do we go from there? I, I mean, I'm trying to, I'm, I'm looking for my notes of what happens. Afterwards. I mean, that's kind of the that's the problem with this movie is so much of this movie is just fat that doesn't matter. Yeah, I mean, there's like interesting stuff on like the edges of the movie, I guess. With like, I'm I'm not entirely sure if this movie has like a whole lot to say, I guess, but like, I guess just sort of about how like, I guess this killer goes out, goes on caught because like the rest of the world that like they're living in is like is run by like a lot of misogynistic people like the there's like the cabbie who like you know hates sex workers and then like finds like her pen and like tries to pawn it off but then gets like brutally murdered while while trying to like solve the pen or whatever he gets stabbed with the pen that's great um but then like also like the cops are kind of like making like live jokes when they like they they see like the signs of like the struggle with like the nails like they say like oh it looks like she fought back like there's dna under her nails they don't really care about what happened to her like as a person they just think like oh well like that will maybe get us like a good that will like end to the to the, lead, the end of the case or whatever and that's like, i don't know there's like maybe something there and saito is like more of like a human touch but yeah. i do have to say it was like all of our Argento, a lot of our dentists have sex workers being treated like this but boy oh boy is it frustrating to see him have the same treatment of sex workers in in the 2000s as he did in the 70s yeah. like yeah. Oh, yeah. There, there was there was a lot of like well like i mean i get yeah. that things aren't like weren't much better but it still was just like ooh buddy like you didn't there was just no and he just very much took that sensibility and put it here without any kind of thought about what that would look like in that context yeah, yeah, agreed. And it's like, you know, the, the I mean, I know this is going to sound kind of weird, but in the earlier ones, at least they, like, I mean, at least they were kind of beautifully shot or like, I, I, I don't know, that that sounds weird. But, but I, I, like, no, I, weird, yeah, like, I kind of know what you mean. And also, it didn't feel, I guess because they, that they felt so fantastical, it didn't feel as objectifying. Ex- but I also right. feel like they we were so used to giallo of the 70s being a very specific kind of objectification and exploitation of women that like it's yes. icky but like at the same time like you get it and then taking mm. that and not kind of adapting it to where we are now is just not not the move yeah. i feel like like it just right. it fits like i can watch it and it fits in that time period and i have no problem like i it can see the problems and still enjoy it but like in 2001 like ugh, that wasn't and the fact that they're getting called like dirty whore, like right yeah. before they're getting killed and stuff. Yeah. Like it's just... Yeah, there there there's a kill where like I forget who it is, but one of the women like gets her face just like hit up against a wall n- numerous times. I was like, This is it, a little yeah. much and also it's not like fantastically lit or whatnot where I can get lost in that. It's just like this is just 
grim it's, and brutal. It, <laughs> it, a it, little no, too far. There's not really any style there. I mean, I guess right. like she bites his hand for an extended period of time, and I guess that's why all of her teeth are getting knocked out, but that's not... It, it, it is just voyeuristic without any sense of, like... Yeah, I, it, it's played more matter-of-factly. Also, some of the sound effects are bad. It, 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 like, it, it, you know, like, there are a few punches that are thrown, and it's, like, really horrible to watch, but the sound effects are also, like, really goofy, but it's not, like, played for laughs either, so that was upsetting, you know? Like, yes. Yeah, I, I know what you mean. I, I, I think I disagree with you about that particular scene, not about, like, how it's not Savage and Shot. It is... It is striking to look and at. Nor it. should I, it be played for laughs. It's very brutal. Like I, that's the thing I want to. I, I, I got what you. I know. Saying. I know what you mean. Yeah. Those sound effects are jarring for how. Yeah, you're right about that. But um, uh, I, I do think that one scene with the the, the, the teeth getting knocked out. That that scene, like the build up to that scene, is very uh, strikingly shot. Yes, it is, it is like a long shot, and then like it pulls back, and then you see like at the edge of like the frame with like the foreground and everything. It's like the killer's shoulders like are watching them, and, you're, like, and I didn't even notice that until like 10, 15 seconds in, and I was like, oh shit. That's a like, really yeah, interesting every- way of Argento really making right. you, like hone in on like what's going on on screen, like really guiding your eye. But um, yeah, I'm not entirely sure what ideas the movie's in service of um uh or, or the, the craft is in service of rather um i it doesn't even need to be in service of anything as long as it's entertaining or like is well done but it's kind of just ugly a lot of the time without any like you know it also looks i mean i'm sure it was harder for him to get a bigger budget back in 2001 than it was like when these films were much more bigger genre pieces but it looks cheap a lot of the time and that makes it feel more real too like yeah, it's right. hard to because the uh, the sequel to this, that I was talking about, that they wrote it, they couldn't get the funding for it, so that's why it was shelved. So mm-hmm. that 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 checks out. It's it, you can see where the money went, like with like the, the like the set pieces, but then like it's everything else, like in between all that stuff, where you're kind of like, what is what are we doing here? I'm not entirely sure, like how like it seems like he's try, he's like trying to make it interesting, but I'm just I'm not really sure what he's like what how much job. Uh, uh, intention there is behind it like like with a lot of the dialogue scenes and also again the choppiness of like the editing doesn't quite feel like it's contributing to the atmosphere as it is just sort of like i'm not entirely sure what happened to the edit here like if maybe there was like some futzing around with it because i mean we i think i'm not entirely sure what the sources are on it but like it wasn't like this like cut like there, some there's like chunks of this movie that like were cut cut out i think because like for for content and or anything but like even like during like the non-violent scenes there's like a bit where like um Giacomo is, like, having a conversation with uh, Gloria uh, and, like, her boyfriend about, like, the dwarf murders. And then, like, it cuts, like, mid, mid-sentence, mid practically, to, like, just, like, a shot of the band playing in the club. And then, like, he staggers out of the club, like, a, a minute yeah. later or whatever. It's just, like, I don't know. It, it's not even, it didn't, doesn't even throw me off in, like, a way that, like, put me at, at ill at ease. It just, like, was, like, I, I don't know why you ordered the sequences in this way. It feels just kind of, like, random, and I'm not sure what it does. But, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, it all feels kind of half baked, frankly. Yeah, but like, it's. It, I think it's an inter- It's a. It's a mess, but it's an interesting mess. I. I just think it's also very interesting too because this was your first exposure, and this is like my. I don't know, sixth or seventh. So I kind of. We both went in with completely different mindsets. I yeah, guess. it's very. It is very interesting because it's like I'm looking at Argento's filmography and like opera. I think was like what everyone thought was like his last good like kind of giallo in '87, and I feel like this is almost like him trying to come back from trying to come back with another giallo but it wasn't a good i one. i do yeah. follow a couple of, like just like in terms of like are there any people who have like reclaimed this there are a couple of like film people i follow on letterbox who have like given this who like one of them has it as like 
Argento's fifth best movie, and then there's like another person who has it like oh. at their eighth best movie. It's like, wow, you're really passionate about this. <laughs> good, uh, good for you. Like that's that's uh, interesting. But uh, yeah, I, I don't, and also maybe I'm grading on a curve because I did think this was this was fun to watch. But like maybe I'm also just like I haven't seen a lot of Giallo, but I also hear like some people like talk about. I think like the plots are not always the most logical or like you know the oh, most no. like they, oh, make, no. they, make, oh, no. they make no fucking sense it's like yeah no. so maybe i'm grading on a bit of a curve here but like just like since this is like early days for me but yeah yeah it's not like i want to attack this movie where i watched it and was like i could have easily been like how'd the killer get her number when she was on the train who cares it doesn't matter it's dream logic you know like that type of stuff but right. it's like it's more of the stuff that's just not it's just not interesting or not particularly compelling or well crafted is my thing yeah. Mm-hmm. Or, to me, I know that you found there to be a little more craft that was more intriguing or uh, compelling. Oh, yeah. So. Like, you you really, you're, you're still seeing the good parts of Argento coming through, but also just some of the stuff that just doesn't work when it gets away from the fantastical elements of all of it. So that's why it it's 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 almost like you just you're still like just like the first 20 minutes like that that you could put that up against all the other best Argento movies that I've seen like it it feels like no time has stopped and then the rest of it is just like oh yeah well you kind of overwrote this a little bit but it's just like you can still see that he, he he's he's in there and he still can do some great shit so a couple, mm-hmm. couple of other things I want to say. It's funny that we talked about this in conversation with Strangeland, uh, which is um, Hell yeah. uh, another serial killer movie produced by or distributed by artists, and and they both have um, characters who are like saying like, "What are these things called? Computers?" and helping us like do these investigations. That's like Max Monsado's whole thing, like saying we used to call it GPS, and, or you know, I don't know what this thing called GPS or surveillance is, <laughs> and um, also scenes where it's revealed that like uh that the killer is like a puppeteer of some sort because there's a scene in strange land where like robert england's wife is like you know being like moved by like uh the killer d snyder and everything and this i mean i don't think we said that the twist is the twist in this movie is that everyone thinks it's a dwarf killer still because uh lorenzo has been using uh, a, a dwarf puppet to hide uh-huh. behind other people to hide behind when committing the murders which is i mean such that's a crazy twist i mean that's pretty normal as far as serial killers go i mean i don't see how that's that out of the ordinary they also yeah. play the, they also reveal their hand pretty early on with like i think it's this the second set piece where the w- woman who has her nails cut off at the quick like you can tell that that person's tall they're taller than her so like and then at one point they were i think one person says stop killing calling him the dwarf killer or something so i was like okay that's i I guess this is like foreshadowing certain things but oh i i I don't know i i I, this is like a thing that there's like weird moments of humor that like don't entirely uh jive well with like the rest of the tone of the movie that's like very gruesome uh the the scene where like they think it's like uh, a little person who's the killer and uh they bring in like a whole like room of like little people who are like suspects or anything and there's like playing like the sort of like very like comical music and it's like this is ill-advised ill-advised group of people to be joking about and also like don't like where the tone just like does not match at all with the rest of the movie it's just like okay our dento maybe is the comedy's not his forte or at least not this kind of comedy um final thoughts on sleepless aka i'm not sleepy i mean yeah like it's not very good um and i mean i think it's for argento diehards as a curiosity but i wouldn't really recommend this to people who uh uh, although that being said, Bryden, you like this more than anyone else. So what do I know? Uh, but, yeah, like, uh, yeah, I found it to be just, 
I went in not with like high hopes, but hoping that you know I would be like maybe it's a wounded duck and I can defend it as like you know uh, you know uh, you know the, I don't know those are the kind of horror movies that I like where it's just kind of like ones that are like it always feels good to go back to a movie that was like from a nostalgic part of when I was growing up and then actually like give it its due like and you know be a champion for it so I was really hoping for this because I you know again fan of Argento's work but just most of this didn't didn't work for me I, I i think the first yeah as we've all said the first 20 minutes are great everything after that downhill so yeah my final thoughts are my first thoughts so uh, not <laughs> yeah. much has changed through the discussion of this but uh i, I it is an interesting cure it's it's also the i do like the type of movies where i'm just like no you don't really have to watch that but there is like a scene you really got to look that up that scene because that scene's fucking awesome but i mean you really don't have to watch the whole movie like if somebody just like sure i watch that i was like just watch the first like 20 minutes and then you'll be like, oh, I got to watch the rest of it. I'm like, no, you really don't. But first 20 minutes is really fucking just really good shit. Uh, Mary Beth, final thoughts on Slippyless? No, no, no original thoughts here, guys. Same as everybody else. It's <laughs> fine. It is a fine movie that if you're trying to get into Argento, you shouldn't watch. But again, Brendan, I guess, fucking did that. So I guess like anything is possible. So that's great. I mean, good. I'm glad. I'm glad you liked it. It didn't turn you off of Argento, so that's all that we can ask for. But, yeah, it's fine. The opening is great. I think it, it's a contender, one of, like, the better openings, like, one of the better opening scenes of Argento, but, unfortunately, falls on its ass, which is so disappointing. But I'm also yeah. excited to see what his new movie is going to be like. I don't, it seems like he still hasn't learned yeah. about sex workers and movies, like, at all. So we'll see. But, like, maybe he'll surprise me. So, <laughs> That's 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 that on that. I mean, yeah. Regardless, it's going to be a curio of like, oh man, you've been doing shit for like fifty years, and this is your first movie in ten years. What is it going to be like? And yeah, then like more times than not, it's go. just like, oh, you think it's still ninety six, don't you? And you're like, well, I saw it and I appreciate it, and he stopped making movies. Brighton, <laughs> <laughs> uh, send us home. With yeah. your final thoughts. Um, so I, I, I think like the first 20 minutes are definitely the high point, but I think there's interest, interesting stuff interspersed throughout with like Max von Sydow's performance, which I really enjoyed. And I like some of the other set pieces that come after the first one. And um, I think I, I really liked the Goblin score. I mean, like how like it will start with like just sort of like a simple guitar riff, but then we'll like layer in like organ music and like other strings and then like yeah. you know like other uh, other aspects of like i feel like they really do get like the progression of like sort of like adding in more instruments and like ramping out the speed like to really like build the tension of a, of a scene like that's like really well done throughout the whole thing and um i did enjoy sort of even though the plot is not like the most like tightly written or smartly written thing uh, it is like uh amusingly uh goofy in a way that like that kept my interest like throughout especially at the end although i will say uh, the pacing is kind of like the thing that sinks it, and um, also the the lack of um, uh, the the sort of lack of like a uh, Germaine style and like the in the non murder set pieces <laughs> um, right. is kind of uh, where the movie loses me a little bit. But I still think this is an interesting little curio that is worth checking out. Did we mention? I, I'm sorry if I zoned out for a sec, but the fact that he gets shot in the face, like just very matter of factly at the end, was pretty oh yeah, funny. yeah, it was <laughs> like, out of nowhere. Like I did kind of love that, where I was like, okay, that's gross and effective in a way that I enjoy, and it's also so 
hilariously anticlimactic where the cops just get there and they're like, oh, Jesus, okay, like, let's get this over with. Like Outside of the window, <laughs> outside. Yeah. How do they game. know it's that it's guy? So, it's so From the back of his head. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, I'm like, okay, that's a good note to end on. That, that, was, that was fun, but yeah. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Almost Major. Please rate, review, and subscribe to us on iTunes. Please follow the pod on Twitter at Almost Major to keep up to date with what movies we will be covering in the future. Myself, I can be found on Twitter and Letterboxd at Kev Bonesy. Bryden can be found on Twitter at Bryden Doyle and on Letterboxd at J Doyle. Charlie can be found on Twitter and Letterboxd at CTNash91. Once again, thank you for listening.